Welcome to the Triage Method Podcast Q&A edition with me, Gary McGowan, my course, Mr. Patrick Farrell. This is the Q&A edition, as I said, and this week's question is, what to do when you've had a bad week? And I mean that both uh, in terms of uh, nutrition and training, but also like psychologically, how to kind of work through this um, in your own head, because this is something that we discussed in the Facebook group, and it seems like people were interested in because it's kind of an applied coaching concept and basically what, what I did was I made a post that was discussing um, or that, that was bringing up a, a situation from a client that I was working with who was basically you know feeling a bit down after a bad week and a, a bad week what that means uh, totally depends on your own interpretation of what you need to be doing for your health or for your body composition or for your performance and I think that's the important thing here is that um, your kind of prior knowledge and your prior assumptions influences your interpretation of how you behaved or how your week was relative to the goal that you're aiming at. So if you were someone who, let's say, um, your interpretation of a good diet was a diet that was zero tolerance on any sort of processed foods, zero tolerance on carbohydrates, for example, then your interpretation of a good week uh, or a bad week rather could actually be a good week for another individual. So I think that's the important thing here is that your prior knowledge, your prior assumptions influences uh, how you respond to a particular week or a particular day um, or a particular meal that you ate even. So that's the kind of the first thing that comes into to play when someone has some sort of bad week. So if it, when that client checked in with me and, and the same story with other clients, if they're saying, I feel like I had a bad week, I feel like it was all over the place. I didn't prepare my meals as much or I felt like I had more snacks or whatever. What I tried to do is first... Uh, work through the assumptions that led them to thinking that that was a bad week. So if I'm looking over their documentation, and let's say it's someone that does track their calories and right, their calorie average was maybe up by 100 calories, their protein was more or less on point, maybe their carbohydrates and fats were slightly over, fiber was in a good place, and otherwise they got their activity in. Um, there's nothing that's jumping out at me it's, as saying like, oh, this was an awful week. Uh, but for that individual, they're thinking about isolated decisions that they made throughout the week that they felt were not in alignment with their goals. And as a result, they might overinterpret um, how much they deviated from the plan of action. So that's what I try to get people to realize is to say that, look, all of these uh, health behaviors, it, it's, it sort of exists on an, on an average basis over time. So when we look at your week, what I want you to be thinking about when you think about good or bad or rating yourself is saying, how did I do on average? You know, so if you had one day that was a bit off, it's like, all right, that shouldn't hold uh, 75% weight in your mind. It should be, you know, one, one seventh of your kind of measurement that you're, that you're putting into practice. And obviously that's hard to do because it's hard to just be completely rational and say that, oh, look, I'm just going to analyze everything based on numbers. Like that's just not how humans work. Um, emotions do come into play. And if it's the case that someone has a bad Monday, sometimes it can be the case that that actually carries over throughout their week. And even if they're doing really well, it comes to Saturday or Sunday when they're checking in with a coach or with themselves and they think, oh man, Monday, Monday was just a bad day. You know, this was a bad week. I need a fresh start. Whereas in fact, if you look on average across the week, it actually looks like it was just fine. So that's the first piece of advice I would have for people is to check your assumptions, check what assumptions you're making in terms of what is a healthful diet? Uh, what did I do that really put me off the path and analyze those things? So was it that you had a burger one night? Um, why was that bad? You know, why was that bad in the context? 
day and in the context of the whole week. And I think in general, you end up in a bit of a more positive place then because you start to reduce your interpretation of those events that were just slightly, you know, off the path. Um, I think that's, that's generally uh, a good thing. And in general, just having that average perspective on your training adherence, on your nutrition adherence in general, can really help you to uh, be a bit more reasonable with yourself and to some degree being kind with yourself. You know, you could say there's a, there's a, a definitely a part of where that comes into play. And I think that's a, it's a fine balance because what I always try to get clients to realize is that, look, there are things that you need to do if you want to move towards your goal. And if you're too kind to yourself and you're constantly saying, Hey, you know, I just had, you know, one meal off uh, every day. It's like, all right, well, I don't want you to be so kind to yourself that you're excusing things that are very putting you far away from your goals, because ultimately it's my role as a coach to help you to move towards what you have described um, as being, as being your goal. And if we're kind of letting you move through these 12 weeks or whatever, um, feeling good each week because you're excusing behaviors that don't bring you towards your goal, then ultimately we're going to look back at the end of the 12 weeks and say, oh, well, we didn't actually achieve anything, although it could be a positive that maybe you were positive in your interpretation, but um, ultimately you, you want to focus on getting to the goal too. So there's a balance there in terms of being strict with yourself and also kind of being kind to yourself and recognizing that like there's an opportunity for slipping up and that's part of any process. Like if you're trying to study to get better results in your exams, you're going to have a bad day of study. You're going to have a day where you're just not focused. But what matters is the hours of quality work done across the week. And that's the exact same when it comes to nutrition. So that's my first thing I try to focus on. Check the assumptions, check the averages over time and try to, to see how bad was this week really. And when people generally begin to, to see that, I think they can be a bit more positive about things. So do you have anything to, to add to that point? Yeah, not really. Uh, like it is this kind of like bookend bias, we'll say. Like, you know, it's like everything has been going great up until now. And then all of a sudden, because this bookends when you're checking in or, you know, when you're assessing things or just even in the moment, you're like, man, I'm a terrible person, whatever. When the actual in-between stuff between the start and now, you've on average been great, you know? Um, but it's just because this is at the end of it, you're like, um, actually, this is terrible. You know, people tend to be way more, um, I'll say fatalistic, I suppose, in their, uh, the narrative they create about these things. Um, when a, a poor event happens, whereas they're not the same when a good event happens. They're not like, I had one meal and I'm like, oh man, this, I'm the picture of health. You know, like they're not as uh, overjoyed with that as they are, you know, over negative over saddened, whatever, with a, a, a negatively perceived event, you know? And so getting a, a broader picture, a more average picture, a more, you know, 10,000 foot view of what's actually occurring across the, the, the week, whatever it is, again, nutrition, training, adherence, study, whatever, and whatever it is, like looking at the average and seeing where you're at and realizing like, oh, on average, I am I'm 95% of the time I'm, I'm bang on where I need to be. It's only these few different things that sometimes pull me off track or, you know, I have a poor meal here or there and that's not a huge deal. You know, like nobody is perfect all of the time. Right. However, obviously it depends on the exact situation. Like some situations are going to necessitate you being more perfect more of the time, you know, like, especially with diet. It's like, if you have a, 
a show or a photo shoot or a holiday or whatever, there's a time constraint. It's like we have to be a little bit more on top of things versus you just trying to eat healthy and well for a lifetime, you know? Like obviously there is a time constraint on your lifetime, but you know, it's it's not a, a well-defined one. Hopefully, hopefully you don't know your, your death date, you know? Um, but uh, it's not as well-defined. So it's like, okay, well, on average, am I good? Yeah, okay, I am. So is there some things that I can tweak to get better? 100%. And I'm going to go about doing that rather than just being this fatalistic, about like, oh, I had a, had a burger and chips. Uh, I'm a terrible person. So I'm just actually, I'm not going to start again until Monday or whatever. It's Tuesday, you know? Like that's, that's just not generally a good approach. You know, it's like slashing all your tires when you just got a puncture. It's like, it doesn't, doesn't make sense, you know? And so, yeah, I have nothing really to add to that. Yeah. And, and I mean, like there, there are cases where like, obviously there's an element of, of selection bias here because like sometimes what I hear some coaches report is that their whole coaching practice is ultimately dedicated towards people being more kind to themselves and maybe being more self-compassionate and, you know, trying not to be so hard with themselves and everything. But I think that if you were in that type of context where you're working with those individuals, I think you sometimes don't see the other side of the coin because sometimes like I, I have individuals where I have to actually get them to be a bit more strict with themselves because they maybe overinterpret some of the positive elements of their week. So they could be like, you know, Oh, you know, I had a really good week in I'd really good week in training. You know, I got great pumps. You know, I went and I tried a few new exercises as well. It felt really good. Um, had some, some extra carbs before workouts as well, and and you know the pumps were were legit. But what they're doing there is they're actually interpreting a false metric because they're interpreting how they felt in the gym as a result of interpreting the progress that they've made towards their goals. And what can happen is that that over-interpretation of how one feels in a particular moment can actually lead you off track over time if you can continue focusing on that. So in some cases, like what I have to say to clients is that, look, it over the last few weeks, let's say over the last four weeks, it looks like you've logged less days of your, your calories or whatever in the tracking document. Um, it seems like body weight has been in more or less a similar place. So, you know, while I understand that, you know, things go well from a nutrition perspective, like you feel like you're managing your diet well, we might have to tighten up a few bits if we want to keep moving towards the goal. And like one of the things like I'll do in a coaching context is, is always making sure that I'm, that we're still working towards the same goal. Because what I don't want you to think about is that if you're starting to feel better in the process of something that you need to seek to keep going in the direction of weight loss, for example, because sometimes what people want is people will say, I want to get leaner, but in fact, they're trying to chase maybe more satisfaction in their body. You know, they want to feel better with how they look, or they want to feel like they're more in control of their nutrition or something. And we could be six weeks in and they might be nowhere near the weight loss goal that they actually set initially, but they've achieved all of the feelings that they wanted. And in some cases it's like, okay, well, your body fat is in a healthful place. I'm not concerned that you're doing anything harmful here. If you're happy with how you look and you're happy with your nutrition and everything, we don't need to keep chasing weight loss just for the sake of it. So basically these things exist on a spectrum. Feeling can be useful. It depends on how you interpret them and data can be useful and it depends on how you interpret it. So you have to kind of consider uh, weighing up both sides. Um, so in addition to that bad weeks as well, like this exists particularly in like a weight loss context. Like what I try to get people to realize is that when we've got a few weeks of data, we're not just looking back over, 
you're a single week, we're also looking back over previous weeks. So for example, what I'll sometimes do with clients, depending on the client is set an average or or a short and a medium term goal. So I might say, this is where I want you to be in four weeks. And this is where I want you to be in 12 weeks. And when we break it down week by week, this is what it should look like. So for example, um, I want you to lose on average 0.6 to 0.8 kilos per week. That's what we're aiming at. Boom, done. What that doesn't mean is that we need to achieve that specific rate every single week or you are failing. What it means is that on average, I want that to be where we're at. So what can happen some weeks is that uh, a client might overinterpret the importance of that range and they might check in and say, I only lost 0.4 kilos this week. Uh, so sorry, Gary, I, I must be screwing something up. Um, I did actually have five extra carbs on, on Wednesday or whatever. And they basically overinterpret that as a failure where in fact, once we break it down, it's actually not that big a deal. So what I'll typically get people to do there is again, explain. So information is important in terms of providing the information to say that, hey, weight weight on the scales can uh, vary for multiple different reasons beyond just uh, body fat. Um, in addition to that, the whole goal of this was to achieve some sort of average rate of weight loss as opposed to exact same every week. So boom, that's squared away. And that's just the person's interpretation changing a little bit. Um, and then in addition, in, in addition to that, like people work through is, is kind of try something bad to happen that week and then what they can do differently next week. So for example, if someone is saying, oh, I wasn't entirely happy with, with how my nutrition was this week, I'll try to get them to point out the good things. And they might say, I actually had f- five servings of vegetables every single day and I hit my protein. And then I might try to just remind them that, hey, you weren't even getting any anywhere near those targets four weeks ago when we first started started with the coaching process. So give yourself a bit of a break. You know, you're doing a good, a good job. So just because you didn't hit one metric on a given week, that doesn't mean that you failed. You have to compare, compare it against who you were four weeks ago, 12 weeks ago, six months ago, et cetera. And then what I'll try to do is present the information that look, when we talk about nutrition and body composition and health, we're talking about cumulative changes over time. So if you can maintain those simple changes, you maintained that you've, uh, put in place over the last four weeks. If you could do that for decades, that's moving the needle massively. Okay. So you don't need to worry about Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah, it wasn't perfect, but how can we change that then going forward? And that's how you begin to frame that a little bit more positively in terms of saying, okay, here are the things that potentially let me down. And here's an actual strategy that I can put into practice. Okay. Um, and that that's something that I kind of take from from kind of stoicism in general is that like some people think that to be stoic like that kind of the way that people typically use that terminology means ignoring your feelings and just suppressing all emotions like that's like if you actually read any of the original stoic re- i was going to say researchers, <laughs> original, researchers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> any of the original uh, stoic text what you'll see is that the emphasis is very much on acting in accordance with certain principles and trying to um, it's, it's all about action really, rather than just um, just uh, emotions or reasoning of itself. Like a lot of it is about, all right, how do you actually use, use uh, reasoning to be able to act in the world? So if you were to say that, right, I felt, I felt bad this week, it's like, okay, what can we do about that? Why did you feel bad? How can we change that? You know, it's, it's actually trying to move a step further than just the feeling or the emotion itself and saying, what can we do to potentially change that in future or have you keep moving towards your goals? Um, so ultimately, yeah, that, that's, that's how, I like to, how I like to think about it. Um, I like clients to be able to express how they're feeling um, emotionally and then to say, 
how, how does, or why, why do you think that was, you know, could you reflect on that or why, or what about your week do you think led to that? And then how can we potentially prevent that in the future or use that as actual valuable information? So rather than just feeling for the sake of feeling, try to actually layer some reasoning on top of that. And I think that can, that can be pretty powerful from a behavior change perspective but not just behavior change that's um, kind of shallow, but behavior change that's a bit deeper because it's enforced by the individual using their own reasoning and, and actually gaining new information that changes their capacity to make decisions in the future. Because I think that's ultimately what robust for behavior change is, is that the person is able to go ahead and make the, the decision in future um, basically organically, like from first principles, uh, because they now have the knowledge, they now have the skills, and they now have those kind of emotional regulation and interpretation skills that they didn't previously have. So, so yeah, there, there's some of the things I'm thinking about. Yeah, 100%. Um, see, the, the thing about like, if you have a, a bad week, whatever that means for you, like, the, the entire thing has to be just taken into the context of in terms of where you are in relation yeah. to your goals and where you are in relation to like, what you want to achieve in life or fucking whatever it is that you're trying to do, you know, like obviously if you're someone that needs a bit more compassion in terms of like, it's not all about being perfect in terms of the metrics and the data and whatever else it's like, okay, well we actually just need to work on your relationship with food, you know, and I hate that it's kind of got become buzzwordy where it's like your relationship with food and it's become somewhat meaningless. Um, but like, obviously you do have a relationship with food and for some people it's like, we actually just need to work on getting your relationship with food into a good place and not focusing on end outcomes like fat loss or, you know, muscle gain or whatever. It's like, we just need to get you into a good place with how you view food and how you view how you interact with food, you know? So viewing things in terms of this arbitrary binary, like good or bad, like, oh, I had a, a burger, that's a, a bad food, I, I'm a terrible person or, you know, whatever, because I slipped up. It's like, that we need to work on how you view that, you know, interaction with the food and how that then impacts your actions going forward. Like you were saying with the, the more stoic approach to it. It's like, you're just trying to be detached for a second you know, objectively look at this and be like, okay, look, my overall week was good. This one meal, it was, you know, relatively off track of what I wanted to achieve, you know? So I can view that as being bad. However, I'm going to view it as being a learning tool because I know uh, I was off track in, you know, again, the context of like maybe body composition change or whatever it is. And I was off track with that goal and these are the things that led up to that point. You know, I didn't prepare my food ahead of time. I was trying to wing it. I was going out to eat with friends and I, I've never really practiced that. I didn't have a strategy in my mind. Um, you know, like you didn't prepare ahead of time. So you objectively look at that and go, okay, well, what actions could I engage in in future to make that less likely to occur? You know, maybe it is, again, you prepare your food ahead of time. Maybe it is, you know, again, you, you choose a better restaurant or, you know, whatever it is that in the context of the actual situation, you know, and this is something valuable. If you're a coach listening to this, like you should be able to talk through with clients, like strategies to overcome these things that are going to occur because they're always going to occur. Like people live, you know, real lives, you know? And while you can prescribe like, oh, you should hit these macros and these calories and whatever, it's like, you have to be able to do that in the context of how you live your life. 
So if you're a coach, you should be talking through people with these situations. You know, it's like, all right, like you have a, a meal coming up on Saturday night, you know, you have a wedding or whatever it is. You know, it's like, how are you going to deal with that? You know, uh, okay, here's the strategies we're going to do. We're going to focus on protein intake earlier in the day, or, you know, we're going to stick to mainly kind of salads and protein. And um, because we know this meal is going to be higher in carbohydrates, higher in fat, you have a little bit less you know, regulation in terms of what meals you can choose. Maybe it's a set menu and you don't know what the set menu is or, you know, whatever the situation specifics are, you come up with strategies ahead of time, you know? Um, and this is also what you should be thinking of in terms of how you react to something that has occurred in the past, you know? So again, like I say, again, we do our check-ins over the weekend or, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday type deal. And um, like an individual will be like, well, on Thursday I did this, it wasn't planned. And you know, I completely fell off the fucking wagon. I had a million biscuits or what, whatever the event is, whatever the triggers happened. And, you know, as a coach, it's our job to be like, okay, let's actually just take a step back, interpret why this happened. What was the situation that led to this? You know, what was different than normal where you're normally able to stay on track with this? Maybe it is a case that we've just been dieting for a huge amount of time and, you know, you need a little bit of a break from that because you're just excessively hungry and this was just the straw that broke the camel's back, you know? Like there's a multitude of reasons why something could happen. And, you know, you as an individual or you in combination with your coach can just talk through these things and be like, all right, well, actually, this is why it happened. I understand that what can I actually do in the future? You know, cause it's not just a case of just like, Oh, it happened because I was hungry. You know, that's great. That information literally does nothing to help me in the future. You know, like, yeah, you got your why unreal. How are you going to deal with this in future? Because it's more than likely going to occur in the future, you know? So what's your strategy going forward? Because once you have a strategy, while it might not be the perfect strategy and it might not actually be an effective strategy, at least you have a plan of action going in to deal with it. And as a result, you have a, a, an increased likelihood of actually being able to deal with these events in the future, you know? So again, if it is a, a thing where it's like, oh, well, I, I just overconsumed these biscuits or whatever. It's like, okay, what, what was the series of events that led up to this? Okay, this, this, and this. Okay, how can we stop this uh, earlier in, in that event series uh, in future? And you come up with a strategy for it. And then that, get test, that gets tested in the real world. And all of a sudden you see, okay, it worked somewhat, but this didn't work about it. Let's change this, you know? So ultimately, if you have a bad week, it's about being somewhat more objective in terms of analyzing how that week actually went. You know, again, looking at the averages, looking at, you know, the, the overall context of the diet as a whole, and then coming up with actionable strategic steps in future to ensure that, you're less likely to have bad weeks or off track events or off track weeks, days, whatever it is. Um, and effectively all you're trying to do is slowly but surely increase the time between off track events, you know? And again, that just comes down to making strategies, making better dietary choices in terms of the actual setup of the diet, not just, you know, day to day choices. Um, and then having a, a clear, plan of action going forward yep and and i mean again like one one, one final point to add is like in terms of like the the stoicism discussion again i think like one of the things that comes up in this conversation is not over interpreting uh negative emotion for example and the downsides of a bad week but i actually think there's another side of this that i think if if again if you read stoicism you'll come across but again just makes a lot of practical sense and that's not over interpreting the positive weeks either 
because I think that can actually be as much of a problem. So basically what I like to think about in terms of clients is rather than having these huge peaks and troughs, um, try to basically flatten, flat, I was going to say flatten the curve, but I mean, <laughs> I can't use that phrase anymore, <laughs> flatten the curve a little bit. Um, because basically what can happen sometimes is you might've had a massive weight loss one week. You might've lost like two kilos because I don't know, you were exceptionally uh, active or maybe it was a particular phase, stage of your menstrual cycle um, or um, you had some changes in hydration status or sodium status or whatever, all right? For whatever reason, you had a massive weight loss one week. And if, that, if you celebrate that so much and you're like, oh, this is amazing, I'm doing so good, this is because of my dietary changes, et cetera, that's now set the bar and everything thereafter is going to be a failure in your mind. So rather than that, what I like to set people up for is like when they have a good week, I'm like, you know, good week. And what I'll say, what I'll generally say is um, you did a great job at doing this with your protein or you did a great job keeping fiber in a good place. I'll focus on the behaviors and then I'll say something like, uh, oh, yeah, you also had um, the scales drop quite a bit. Um, It's probably above where we want to be hitting on average, but it's still good to see. And then just maybe put in some information about, you know, the scales can fluctuate or whatever. And what I like to just remind people of is like, if, if the weight loss is lower next week, like it's just not a big deal. You know, these things happen. So I think if you can start to, again, like reduce the amount of emotion that's associated with the peaks and the troughs, (laughs) feel nothing. (laughs) I think it could be beneficial. Like, obviously I'm not saying that you should just like never change your facial experience expression but rather that like uh, don't don't put your standard as your outlier week um but don't put your your outlier positive week or your outlier negative week um and i think in general that can that can lead to a bit of a smoother process where we focus more on the behaviors that you're engaging in along the way those kind of process goals you could say um rather than just the outcomes in terms of trying to chase more and more weight loss each week uh, which which just isn't always a recipe for success Hundred percent. I have nothing else to add, Gary. Boom. Done. That's Literally it. too easy. Where can people find us? Where can they engage with our services? Yeah. So as always, newsletter below. Uh, subscribe. Facebook community below. Get involved. Coaches Corner. Pre-register your interest at the link below. Um, and then obviously we're available on social media. Um, in 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 particular, YouTube would recommend. And if you are interested in online coaching, then you can get involved. We are taking clients on at the moment. If you are interested. Literally. Three easy, Gary. Anyway, we will see you again next week on Monday. Um, I have nothing else to add, so uh, peace out. Enjoy.